Welcome to the Movement PT Coffee Cast, where we sit down and talk about physical therapy, health, and whatever else comes to mind during our coffee-infused conversations. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Movement PT Coffee Cast. My name's Dalton, and with me, as always, is my beautifully bearded friend, William. William, how are we doing? Excellent, man. I got my, uh, my orange mug here. Yeah, I saw that. I like it. <laughs> yeah, it's vibrant, you know? Picks it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got my, I got my, uh, my old man Dalton mug. <laughs> if you guys don't know what that is, it's a post that we made. And it says, it's a good thing I loaded strength on dysfunction because now I can still get up from a chair. Sir Dalton Leno, year 2087. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. No, but that's a good point, though. It is a good point, man. <laughs> oh, how you been? I feel like we haven't, uh, you know, we haven't really chatted that much lately. Yeah, I've been good. Uh, busy, you know, just trying to get the swing of things. Things have picked up a little bit in the clinic this week. So, uh, you know, it's been good though. How about you? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the same. Things are getting a little busier, um, getting a little more responsibility. <laughs> Plus you got to get your, uh, 45 minute walk. And yeah. Our, you yeah, know, we, with our challenge. We've been on a mission, bro. Oh, it's, it's been a ride. It's been hard though. You know, we're trying to, we're trying to get jacked. <laughs> Maybe we should give the people a little bit of context about that. What do you think? Yeah, we can, we can let the people know. Um, yeah, we're we're no, doing so, a challenge. So <laughs> we, I, uh, we came across a challenge. It's called the 75 hard challenge that um, I heard on a podcast by Andy Frisella. If you guys don't listen to his podcast, it's pretty dope. Uh, it's called the MF CEO. And he had a challenge that they put out, which was 75 days of um, in a row that you have to stick to a diet plan do two 45-minute workouts a day. One has to be outside, and that can consist of like walking, running, um, biking, whatever, doing a, any style of workout outside. And then you have to drink a gallon of water a day and read 10 pages from like a growth and development book. So mm-hmm. uh, we've been getting after that for, I think it's a, eight days for me. Yeah, seven days for me. Yeah, and it's been pretty. Uh, it's been pretty intense. I'm not gonna lie, but I. Uh, it is. I feel like I'm dialing in, and I'm pretty like focused. I'm like, okay, I'm doing this shit. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like it because like you get to where you're, just like, okay, well, I got in my walk now. Like yeah. it's now, or I'm not gonna have enough time. Yeah, and it's been legit. I feel like I've been in a bit of a. a not like a slump, but like I needed something that was going to like force me to be more disciplined. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm the type of person like when I have something like on the, like a challenge or something like on the, on the calendar, like I, I'll go hard for it, but I need like, I need that, like f- that physical date there. So it's, uh, it's been pretty, it's been pretty good, man. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I think that's, you hit the nail on the head. It's, it's like the discipline, you know, mm-hmm. like you really, because discipline and then also, time management, which probably sort of fits into discipline a little bit, but it's also like if it's raining outside, like you still have to go out and do your workout. Yeah. It's a little bit of a mental challenge too, right? 
Yeah, like I'm not about to start at day one. You know what I mean? <laughs> no. <laughs> the, men- the mental challenge is real. Yeah. But um, all right, so guys, we're as you can see, we don't have a guest. We're just going to chat. Um, so me and Will actually thought we'd talk about uh, our experiences working as physios for the last six months, man. Six months. It's crazy. Yeah, it seems like it's flown by that six months. I know. But, Probably um, because the first like three we were studying for the exam. This is true. <laughs> this is true. But um, we kind of want to just talk a little bit about, you know, some things that we've learned so far, uh, maybe things that we could do better ourselves, some mistakes that we've made. Um, just give you guys a little bit of like an idea of how it's been, been for us um, being new grads, new physios out in the physio world, mm-hmm. trying to do our thing. And both, both me and Will kind of work in the same – environment um we work both work at outpatient clinics um for like a franchise company um which we see i mean it's the model is like your typical i don't know you would say like i mean i guess i see our i have the opportunity to see our assessments with 30 minute follow-up so that's pretty legit but um you know we get a wide range of people that come in the door um which is, which is always interesting, but, uh, yeah. So Will, do you want to maybe kick it off and like maybe pick something that you've really learned over the last like six months or that really stands out in your mind? If you could like sum it down to like one or two things. Yeah. I mean, I think one thing I've definitely realized is you just never know who's going to walk in that door. Like you don't get to choose who comes in. And you, you just never know, like you you could have a few that just seem like totally typical kind of how you would expect. And then, and then you'll just get rocked with something you've never seen before or, or someone who just has a unique condition, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, so that's been something, you know, I guess that unpredictability of sort of your day to day. That's been one thing I've noticed. Yeah, I would agree. I, I, I just, I guess to kind of build on that, something that I've learned is like, you don't, you don't really realize how much of human factors play into things. Like when you're learning in school and you're going through school, you like, you get like, okay, like you have a rotator cuff or you have like mm-hmm. uh, a ACL. Um, and then you get out there in a clinic and, and you have like this human person like sitting in front of you that comes with everything that you have, right? They come with expectations. They come with ideas. They come with um, emotions. They come with everything, all the baggage. Um, and that's just how it is. And I don't think when I originally started that I, that that would be such a big factor into things and, and how to navigate that um, as a healthcare professional. Um, because I feel like, you know, trying to communicate your ideas, your expectations, your biases around like what you have for treatment and care to a total other person who may not have the same understanding or the same biases or whatnot is, um, is challenging, man. <laughs> it's, it's really challenging. Yeah. You, you're, you're right. Cause people come in and they've been told so many different things by whether it's other healthcare professionals or their friends and family or something they've read online about their 
what they're dealing with. And so when they come to you, it's, it's not like you're the first person who's ever talked to them about what they're dealing with. So you just never know what they're going to come in expecting. Uh, and, and that's expecting what they're expecting from you too. You know, I think that's like something I've been dealing with is trying to figure out what people actually need from me in an assessment. That's been very challenging. Have you been dealing with something similar? Yeah, for sure. Because I think people, people come in and they, depending on their situation, like they'll come in and maybe like they'll have persistent pain for years you know um they don't they don't really have any goals they don't they don't really have like they're not working or they don't have anything that they want to get back to or even it may not even really be like interrupting a lot of their life they're just like in pain like they're either in pain or or, or stiffness like that those are the the things that they're communicating and then um that's all that they their number one thing is like i don't want pain or stiffness anymore and it's like which obviously, right? Like I wouldn't want that either. But then like sitting there is like, what do they expect from you? Like, do they, do they expect you to just be able to like wave the wand and take it away? Or like, and I think that's a hard thing to, to, um, to navigate because I think when you see the best outcomes is when like someone's expect their expectations for what you, what they want from you is what you're actually able to give them. If that makes any sense. Yeah, like I think maybe what you're trying to get at is like, uh, and and don't let me put words in your mouth, Dalton. But <laughs> I guess like what it seems like you're trying to say is you're almost you're trying to like set the ship in a certain direction that's more feasible. Uh-huh. You know, like you're trying to to create like a shared goal yeah. uh, that could actually be a little more realistic, and because when someone's been dealing with pain for so long, it's like they make their life about pain and about eliminating pain that they, they don't even like, they're shocked when you ask them, like, what would you like to get back to? Or even if you ask them something like, um, how has pain been interfering with your life? It's hard to actually get certain people to even address that question. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like part of like, like, and I didn't really think about that until recently, you know, like part of our job is to try to help people figure out what that is, you know, and what those like goals could look like. Yeah. That's a, that's, that's kind of what I'm, you did put words in my mouth. That's what I'm kind of trying to say, <laughs> trying to come up with a, cause we know, right. Like in order for someone like to get, to get better, like a big factor into it is having actual tangible goals that they can get back to rather than just having this idea of like having no pain. And I think trying to, to figure out what those goals are, but then have them be the ones that are coming up with the goal rather than you just telling them like, Oh, you need to do this. And that kind of comes back to maybe that motivate motivational interviewing like skill um, of like, wording questions the way that you that you ask them things the way that you're talking to people so that they're the ones that come up with this this idea or this goal and it's not you telling them um that's definitely something that i want to get better at doing um just just in general 
oh man, the value of those like money questions yeah. that you can ask. Like I remember we were talking recently and something that you, um, I kind of stole this from you, but you were talking to me about how you're trying to highlight to the person like what's going to be different about this relationship versus previous healthcare practitioners. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of those times you'll see like a common, and, and what I liked what you did was you asked the person, you know, what do you think is common about all these other interventions that you've kind of been involved with? Right. And then the person was like, oh, well, I'm not really sure. And I can't remember exactly how the, the conversation went for you. And I obviously wasn't there, but you kind of got to that point where it was like, oh, everything I've done has been done to me. It's all been passive, you know? And so that kind of, without even telling them, you know, they're realizing on their own that like maybe doing something active is the way to go. Yeah, for sure. And that's something that, you know, I'm not a master at it by any means, but it's something I've really tried to, to get better at doing like in, in initial assessments and even in like follow-up sessions is the way that I ask questions and not, and not be um, me telling them, you know, like how can they come to that answer by me facilitating that? Um, And like, that's just something that, you know, we don't, you don't think about when early on too, like at the start, because you're like, um, thinking about so many other things, like trying to remember to write things down and trying to remember what tests you're going to do and all of these other things. So like when I initially started, let's say like even three months ago, like I wasn't thinking about that. And now as I'm getting a little more comfortable with like doing assessments and dealing with people, I'm trying to improve those skills because I've come to realize how important that is not only for like the person to feel comfortable and building that relationship, but for you to get important information out of them that can actually be used for like what we're talking about coming to that common goal or, or getting them working towards what they want to get back to. So like, that's been, that's been something I'm trying to improve on. I'm curious, do you during an assessment when you're interviewing someone, do you type, um, as you're talking to them? Um, yes and, and no. That's a, um, it depends. Honestly, I think there's, there's times where I will like at the start, like I will type some stuff down, like if they're telling me, um, but I'll always try to kind of keep like the computer out of the way of like the way that we interact. So like I can see them and I try to look them in the eye while I'm typing. Um, but depending on what they say, if they, if they're coming at me with some, like, if they have a pretty like dramatic story you know what I mean like and you can tell that they're like getting emotional or like it's like something that bugs them I honestly just I don't even I put the computer away I don't even sometimes I have a notepad with me and I'll jot things down I'll sometimes I'll just even put that away and I'll just turn towards them and just sit and just kind of let them talk and ask them questions and interact with them that way because I've noticed that um, that can be pretty powerful you know like they can they feel like um, they're being heard and like especially if it's something that's not easy to talk about. I think that, um, that helps a lot and it depends if they come out hot with something like that too, then I'm just totally like, okay, I'm just going to listen to them. Like within the first three seconds, if they're like, yeah, you know what? Like I, uh, whatever, you know, like something deep, like I'll just be like, okay, you kind (laughs) of know, you know what, you know what's coming and you kind of just prepare for it that way. So yeah, I would say yes and no. Yeah, I hear you because I feel like I started, I started probably typing more at the start 
like when I was first doing assessments and just recently, I don't know why, but like, and I, and I always did the same thing you did where if I felt like, you know, it was seeming to go in a direction where, uh, the client like was giving some really, I don't know, I guess deep information, I would do the turn. But recently I've basically just been not writing anything down. Mm. And you know what I've noticed? I've noticed actually I remember so much more about the case because I'm paying attention, like my undivided attention that after the assessment, I can type out the entire like narrative of everything that's kind of gone on. Um, so I think, I think for me at least like that's actually better is to not even type, uh, yeah. until the assessment's done virtually. Yeah. yeah that, that's legit. I mean, I try to do that too. I think it, again, like one, and it shows the person that you're listening to them too. If it helps you remember more and be more active listener, then that's good. Like not distracting, trying to write stuff down. And the majority of the time, man, honestly, like if you have to ask them again, something, you know what I mean? Or like something comes up, like you can always ask them a question, you know, like, Oh, if you know about something that you might've missed or that you want to jot down and then you can just jot it down. So like, that's something that is different from school because in school they make you feel like you gotta, you gotta get it all and you can never ask another question or else you're a worse person ever. But like, yeah, that's definitely something for sure that I, I try to do as well. What about your objective assessment? Like how has that kind of changed or what, what have you found, um, I guess has helped smooth your objective assessment or make it more useful over the last little while? Yeah, that's a good question. Cause I think a while back I made a podcast about like struggling with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say now what I try to do is like, I'll still go through like, I'll always go through like range of motion stuff. Just, I just like using it as a baseline to see how they're moving. Like whether it's like biomechanically, like how they're like, how they're like what their squat kind of looks like, like, or if it's more just like, what are they worried about doing? Like, are they, are they afraid to bend over? Are they afraid to, to lunge forward a little bit? So I'll always do like a general movement screen, I guess, like nothing, nothing crazy. Um, and then depending upon what's going on and what they say on in the, in the subjective is like what I'll address. I'll always try to figure out hopefully in the subjective, like what, what movements or what things are maybe causing them like problems. And then when we get to the objective, I'll try to address them like in the objective. Um, so like, like for low back, if like throughout their, throughout their daily routine, like they're having trouble, like bending down to tie their shoe or like, you know, twisting or something like that. But then when they're standing or they, they're like leaning back, they, they feel better. They feel like relief. Then like when I go into the objective, I'll, I'll see, you know, I'll, I'll look at those things and kind of just gear towards like what I've gotten in the, the subjective as my objective rather than going through like every single movement and every single special test, which is something that I did before, you know, or, or I was always constantly thinking about like, Oh, I gotta do this and I gotta do that. You know? Um, one other thing I, I, I do and I've, uh, took this from, from Nick was, uh, I always, 
I always do like a, a scan. Like I'll, I'll check my tomes. I'll, I'll do reflexes. You know, I'll, I'll check for um, like, like do the, the good old Babinski, you know, or the <laughs> check all that out, make sure everything's looking good there. And then, and then move on more into like specifically towards what they're, they're dealing with. Yeah. That's a good point. Uh, at the end there with the general scan, cause I, I kind of got myself, uh, and you know this story, but I, I got myself into trouble from not doing a proper scan exam uh, earlier on. I think it was before the uh, exam, but basically I didn't check neurodynamics with someone with knee pain. And so I thought it was uh, just kind of a joint sensitivity, but like, you know, the mechanism didn't really make sense and I was kind of confused and... Um, the assessment was a little bit rushed and so I didn't check it. And then next time she came in, we did a bunch of knee extension stuff and she came back the following week, totally flared up, could barely get her heel on the ground. I was like, Oh shit. You're terrible. You're a terrible person. Yeah. I was like, Oh man, what happened? Like, what did I do? And then I realized that she was having uh, nerve irritation (laughs) so I obviously you know I felt horrible but uh I guess it was and and it ended up being fine in in the end but I guess it was a good lesson to just those simple things you know those simple tests to spend a little bit of time like you've got more than enough time to get through just the simple things and and maybe one or two special tests to actually spend the time doing the things like myotomes um, reflexes, neurodynamics, and actually spending time. Yeah. And at the worst, what you can do is you can start giving them positive information. Like, Oh, it doesn't seem like this is a nerve irritation issue. Yeah. Oh, look like your, uh, your hip is like really strong. Well, that's a good thing. That's going to be good for when we start exercising. Uh, so it's still valuable. Um, you know what I mean? I do know what you mean, man. (laughs) Even like with the um, active range of motion and passive range of motion and stuff, like I've started to really slow that down. You know what I mean? And be like, try to do those as effectively as I possibly can. I think I, at the start, I was rushing those way too much, rushing them really fast. Uh, When you can gain a lot of information from doing that, even if you're doing something like I've had situations where I've been doing passive range of motion and I've noticed the person just can't relax with passive range of motion. And it almost could, could be like a frozen shoulder or something like that. But then you get them to do it themselves and it's a totally different story. For sure. Yeah. So if you rush through that, you might not pick that up if you're not really paying attention and going slowly and that could lead you down a whole different path. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. And if you don't realize, like, sometimes you can pick that stuff up in the subjective too, based off of, like, the person. Like, what they're, like, are they super anxious? Or are, they, are they super, like, um, protective? You know what I mean? Are they, are they stressed about it? What's their story? Like, what led them to this? Like, what's gone on in their life over the last little bit? And then you go and you do something like that and you take your time with it and you realize you start to see some of those like things and connecting the dots. And then, um, 
instead of jumping to a conclusion. You know what I mean? It's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like a lot of what we've been kind of figuring out is like one, don't beat yourself up. If you like screw something up or you don't check something, but, but learn from it. Right. Yeah. Like learn from it for the next uh, time you see something similar and then just like really slowing things down, you know, and listening and really trying to capture the narrative of the client and the story. And then don't rush your kind of just the, the tests that you do, they don't have to be complicated, but don't rush them. Yeah. I guess that's probably like, I feel like, and when we've been talking, you know, those are a lot of things we've kind of, um, kind of common themes we've come across. Yeah. That's a good summary, man. To, uh, to wrap it up, why don't you maybe say one thing that you want to get better at doing over the next six months? Get better at doing, um, I don't know if I have anything specific that I can think of off the top of my head. I think I'm always trying to get better at, um, you know, just guiding that kind of behavior change, you know, towards, um, taking a more active role. Uh, I think that's really difficult with people who where exercise is not a primary component of their life or their lifestyle. And, you know, we obviously know the benefits and, uh, we know that's where we want to get people to. Um, but it's hard, you know, and, and, and I don't think like, I'm not always successful with that. Right. And so I think that's just something I want to get better is I guess, um, the motivational skills and the purse, the personable and I guess behavior change skills of just helping people see the value in exercising. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a good, I I would agree with that. And to build off that, I think for me um, would be getting better at um, getting permission to educate from people as well as when to, when to educate and when to not educate. Mm. I think that's a tough thing. And I think I learned that the hard way um, at times. And I think you just all in good intentions. Um, And even if you aren't even like, even if sometimes I've noticed, even if they're like giving you the signs of like, they want to hear this, but you just go hard. Sometimes it's too much. So like, I want to get better at balancing that for sure. Like, and, and the one thing is like asking permission to educate before going ahead and educating them. Yeah, I, I agree, man. That's, that's a good point. And I think just to cap that off, you know, like it, you're going to screw up and it's normal for all of us to just not really get it right sometimes, you know, and maybe to educate without asking permission. And then, you know, that, that it doesn't work out very well with that client. Uh, I think that's going to happen with every therapist and, and it's, it's a learning experience, right? It's just about trying to, trying to evolve over time. Uh, so if anyone else is, you know, struggling with that out, out there, like younger clinicians or whoever, you know, uh, you're not alone. It's hard, uh, but just keep trying to get better. You know, that's, that's what we're all out here trying to do. Would you say that we're all out here trying to level up? 
(laughs) (laughs) Shout out the level up. I feel like we haven't shouted out the level up in a while. Shout out the level up, man. I mean, we're both wearing level up initiative shirts right now. Yeah. Which is hilarious, but also awesome. (laughs) Go, go follow the level up initiative on Instagram. That's all I'm saying about that. Just do it. All right, guys, we're going to wrap it up there. We hope you enjoyed this episode of us kind of talking a little bit about what we've learned in our short six months as physios. Um, I guess the one thing is like, we're just out here trying to get better. That's all you're going to do. You're going to make mistakes. Uh, We're trying to have conversations about it. So if you guys have any feedback, as always, hit us up in the DMs. Um, You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at the MVMT PTs, or you can email us at themovementpts at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this episode or you've enjoyed any of our episodes, please show us some love and go over to iTunes and subscribe to the podcast, drop a review, drop a rating. It helps us grow and we appreciate the feedback. William, anything? No, summed it up quite nicely there, Dalton. I know, man. I'm I'm going to dab my way out of this podcast. (laughs) All right, guys, we're out. Peace.